And welcome back to another public-facing episode of the Dirty Talk podcast. This is T.C. Rollins. And this is Rain DeGray. Hello, everyone. We missed you, and we hope you're well. We did miss you, and we hope you are well. If this is your first time joining us, here's the way it works. Every other episode is released to you, our loving, generous public at large. Welcome to the seething masses of humanity listening to this, hitting your eardrums right this second. Seething. The seething. (laughs) And then every other episode, every other week goes to our very generous Patreon supporters. And you can find us there, patreon.com backslash dirty talk podcast. If you want to get those other weekly episodes, the odd numbered episodes. Super exclusive and super special. Yes. I'm going to start this week with a clarification. Hmm. On our last public episode, you had stated that your father was born in a time before cell phones. That's correct. He was. And then I also said I was also born in a time before cell phones. Were you wrong? Not technically. I I looked into this because I I did confidently say, well, I was born before cell phones as well. And then I went into my whole thing about how we used to communicate back in the 90s. Was that with a tin can and strings? It was with a tin can or a Dixie cup, depending (laughs) on, you know, if you were wealthy enough to have tin cans. Not all of us grew up with tin spoons in our mouths like you. Jeez. I did not know tin spoons. No, t- you guys weren't. Poverty. Poverty. Uh, you, weren't, you weren't even rich enough to afford tin spoons? No. Oh. We, no, ate, we ate with our fingers. Like my God intended. dropped out of the system. Tune out, drop out. They were middle class and they rejected it so that they could go live under a pine tree. Bless their hearts. Well, I do want to admit that we were wealthy enough to afford stainless steel cutlery. Ooh, fancy pants. I was born with a stainless steel spoon in my mouth, just so you know. And I was technically born before cell phones. I looked into it because I was questioning myself after I confidently said, oh, no, yeah, I was born before cell phones. So I would confidently say that, too. When were cell phones coming around? Well, okay. So the very first cell phone call was made in 1973. I, I, I was not born. No. No, no, no. So I, yeah, I wasn't born between that. So here's the interesting thing is I was born exactly halfway between the very first cell phone call and the very first commercially available cell phone. So the first cell phone call was made by some researchers at Motorola in 1973. The cell phone weighed 4.4 pounds. So this was a massive Ow, my wrist. Of a phone. So it wasn't very okay. mobile. Yes. No. Yes, it was not attached to the wall. There was no cables going to it. So it was technically a cell phone, but it weighed like a gallon of milk, if you could imagine. I don't know how much a gallon of milk is. Maybe I'm just overconfidently stating the weight of a gallon of milk. But you can imagine four pounds Have seems like a lot. Have you done your research before you're doing this clarification based on your last confidence statement? It huh? weighed a lot. Four bricks of butter. A, okay. a brick of butter okay. is is a pound. So okay, it weighed a little lot. over four bricks of butter. If you can imagine holding four bricks of butter in your hands. That's a lot of butter. That's a, a lot of butter. A lot of butter, yeah. So but, that was where the first cell phone call was made, was 1973. But the first commercially available cell phone that anybody could buy wasn't until 1983 when the Motorola DynaTAC 
8000X came on the market. And those were the ones that you see people using in the 80s films, the massive brick looking yeah, white yeah, cell yeah. phone thing. That, that you could use cool. to possibly clobber someone to death if you mm -hmm. were in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah. But that's when the first commercial cell phone was available. So I technically was born exactly between, if you want to do the math and you can figure out when I was born, I was born almost exactly between the time when the first cell phone call was made and when the first cell phone was released commercially to the general public. We here at the Dirty Talk podcast really do love research. And one of the things we frequently found when you actually actively do legitimate research is that there isn't exact dates. The things are a little more nebulous. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, well, technically, but this, when it started, when it's here, and that things are not quite as clear cut as we would like. Yes. That there's a lot of uh, wibbly wobbly. Mm -hmm. It looks, it's uh, bigger on the inside. Yeah. Basically. Well, that's why I can confidently say, I think there is a partial truth to it. When I was born- there were no cell phones because nobody owned one. They wouldn't be on the market for quite a number of years. All right. So you have a clarification that what you said was indeed technically accurate. Technically accurate. <laughs> there had been cell phone calls made before that. But yes, technically accurate. All right. Well, thank you for that clarification. You're we appreciate welcome. it. What else do you have for us? We have discussed previously what we would like to have happen to us upon our demise. Oh, yes, correct. Burn me, but also, I think, turn me into a tree. Yeah, you want your ashes sprinkled around a tree, like a fruit-bearing tree. I know some people that want Ooh, that. fruit-bearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fruit. then people can come and eat the fruit of yeah. your ashes. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. I've, I've me. mentioned before I want to, to be cremated and have my ashes turned into fireworks. Hunter Thompson did fireworks. Also, have you had a chance to watch The Prisoner? I haven't watched The Prisoner. It is revolutionary, game-changing television done in England, which totally surreal. Mm -hmm. It basically broke television. They've never done television like that before. It's a single season, 17 episodes. Okay. And it was filmed in this surreal town built in Wales by this completely eccentric aristocrat who for convenience's sake, wore the same outfit every day, which included jaunty yellow socks. And when he passed, mm -hmm. he had his ashes packed into fireworks. Okay. He he did it before Thompson did it. Uh, okay. uh, fireworks are cool. I would rather be a fruit-bearing tree and then know that someone ate a piece of me mm -hmm. in the future. Yes. Well, I know my fireworks probably won't be a very carbon-neutral sort of affair. Mm. Be, you should go for the fruit. I could. But either way, I'm going to be cremated. And then whatever, yeah, yeah. whoever decides what to do with my ashes afterward, that's up to them. It's no longer... Or you could be turned into a diamond. I could be pressed into a diamond. All my carbon could be preserved. I mean, fireworks, it's kind of polluting for the planet. And you could either be fruit, someone could eat... Or you could be a diamond and you could be a piece of jewelry that your kid wears. Mm, that's, that's eh, just saying. Yeah. I'm sure that's very energy intensive as well, though. Yeah, but you're a diamond. Uh, well, your fruit-bearing tree is going to be providing oxygen to the world. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, fruit, yeah. tasty, succulent fruit for people to come and nibble upon. I'm a giver like that. Here is my question for you, though. Mm. Have you made any plans for what will happen to your tattoos after you die? 
I would imagine they'd be cremated because I already purchased the cremation package. Mm -hmm. So they would be all uh, part of the cremation. And then I would hope that once the ashes were received by whoever uh, lives on past me, I would then be used as fertilizer for a fruit tree and then eaten. Okay. Uh, no plans for the tattoos? Because I know you have some quite extensive tattoo work that I you forget. are well known by. I, I, people, you forget that you have one whole half of your body covered in a single tattoo? Yes. I've never, that's, okay, that's, I'm, I've heard people that say that they incorporate the tattoo into them mm. and it becomes part of their skin. Um, I remember Michelle T saying this, where she's like, the tattoos are part of her and they're part of their skin. Mm. I, every day, forget that I'm tattooed. Okay. Well, so there is a service. That skins you? That skins you and preserves yeah. your tattoos. Because like you were saying, the tattoo becomes essentially part of you. And I'm not one of those people. That hasn't happened to me, though. Well, there are some people that are very much identified by their tattoos and their loved right. ones upon the passing of their dearly departed loved one can request this service called <gasps> SaveMyInk.Tattoo. And they oh, work with okay. mortuaries sure. around the country. And within 72 hours, if you contact them and they can work with the mortuary to extract the skin where the tattoo is placed, and then they send it off to their lab where they touch up the tattoo, correct the coloring and everything, and then they can mount it to a foam board and frame it and hmm. send it to you as a piece of art, a memento that you can have of your loved one. So if you wanted to, you could have the whole side of your body skinned and mounted as a piece of wall art upon your death. I think that's very touching. It wouldn't apply to me personally because, A, I forget that I'm tattooed. People say that they immediately know I'm me because of my leg tattoo, mm -hmm. which is one of those things where uh, I just looked down and a year had passed and I had a four and a half foot long tattoo, but I cover up my legs a lot. So I often forget that I have the tattoo, even though I've had it for many years. I don't have anyone in my inner circle that would want the tattoo. And I'm sure there are people in my outer circle that would want the tattoo. But no. There are people that might pay good money for that tattoo. We can Ooh, start taking bids. Pay money, pay money to Send us who? an offer now for I... Rain's leg tattoo. Uh, if you want her full leg tattoo, we no. will arrange. Well, I will arrange no, if I outlive you. I okay. will arrange to have that tattoo extracted from your body, okay. mounted, okay. and displayed as a beautiful piece of wall art. It's a lovely conversation starter for any guest in your home. They might ask you, what is that? And they will, and you could confidently say, that is a one of a kind. It is, it is indeed one of a kind. That is, that is the leg tattoo from Rain to Gray. Send us offers now. <laughs> I want to know how much how much people are offering. I'm just selling parts of your body, if you don't mind. Okay. I'm just, sure, just going to no, start no, selling sure, off no, no. parts you, of your anatomy. If you outlive me, you can have my leg tattoo. You sure, all heard but... it here first. If I outlive yeah, yeah. her, then I have dibs sure. <laughs> on her collection of tattoos. And if no one bids on it, the shit's getting burnt up and turned into a fruit tree. But deal. Okay. All right. Wait a minute. What did I agree to? Well, there could be some really disturbed person who wants a piece, a skinned piece of my leg on their wall. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. but you know, I'd be dead. So it wouldn't it's matter. Money in my pocket. I'm sure, sure, sure this whole conversation is completely legally binding as well. 
<laughs> it's been heard by masses. I mean, I again, have witnesses. I will be dead. I am. I am a registered organ donor, mm. and I, it is ridiculous to me uh, personally, in my in my own humble opinion, how hung up people get on. But it's my body. You're dead. Not anymore. You're not using your body. And people are like, I could never donate organs or donate my eyeballs or it would creep me out or it's my body. It's and not I like wanna... you're using them. Like you're I wouldn't donate my it. eyeballs before I died because I but still after, need them. if they could help someone, yeah. like when I am gone, I am not attached to my flesh. Mm -hmm. If you, it, it, the whole Egyptian mythology where everything has to be intact, you have to be intact. Your body has to be completely well, preserved. In some religions, you have to be buried with any piece of your body that you're missing right, as well. Right, right, right. It's mm -hmm. a good thing I'm not religious now, is it? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So I suppose, yeah, if I die and you have access to my flesh mm -hmm. and you want to skin me and auction off uh, a piece of or my entire massive leg tattoo and a section of me ends up on someone's wall, um, I don't care because I'm not going to be around. It's not going to affect me none. And if it makes you happy, okay. Sure. Whatever. Nice. All right. Boom. Send your offers wait, to wait. the P.O. Box. I am open if you want the ultimate rain wait, degree wait. <laughs> commemorative wait. piece. What have I agreed to? What if someone has it, me skinned on their wall and then they like jack off onto me every day? You don't use again, that anymore. Again, you're just, you're not, not there anymore. Around. Who cares? It's fine, it's fine. But I would hope that they would touch it up because I've had this tattoo for a while. Well, they do. It's, that, it's, that's part of the service little, is that they, okay, yeah. they clean it, they touch it up, they make sure the coloring's well. I, mean, you can, I want it. You can go to their Instagram page or their website and they show you examples of tattoo art that they've collected from other people and sent to their grieving loved ones. I would want it a little crisper because since I've had this tattoo, I've had multiple whip scenes mm -hmm. and multiple people have whipped uh, chunks out of this tattoo and there are some missing pieces. So I would think that if anyone wanted to have my leg on their wall and uh, I would want that touched up just so legally binding, right, right. You can have my, my right side. As long as we are on the topic of uh, bodily pieces mm. that can um, be passed on for other people's enjoyment, mm -hmm. have you heard the latest trend called vabbing? Is it like vaping while fapping? So you <laughs> masturbate while vaping? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm certain. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people vape while masturbating. Oh, of course. Uh, of course. I can guarantee you that if enough people are listening to this podcast, someone is vabbing by your definition of vaping while masturbating while listening to While us. listening right now. And we've just called them out. And if they're stoned, they'll be like, oh my God, they're on to me. They know. They know. That's right. They're watching. We know. You're doing it right now. It's okay. Um, That would only work. If indeed vabbing was vaping while masturbating, but it's not. Okay. Vabbing is the practice of using your own vaginal secretions for perfume because allegedly the pheromones will get people all worked up. Well, this isn't something I can do then because I have no vaginal secretions of my own. I'll have to borrow them from someone else. <laughs> also, it don't work. Oh. Uh, so let's break this down a little. Um, you know that I am anti-TikTok. Yeah. I 
I'm anti-TikTok because, I uh, hate to break it to you, if any of our listeners are uh, passionate uh, TikTok users, TikTok as a platform is specifically designed to be addicting. It is indeed a data hoovering scheme run by the Chinese government. I know this sounds like I am a conspiracy nut, but they did it. The Chinese government's like, you know what we can do? We can deliberately design a social media platform, having gathered all the data from every other social media platform, to make it as addictive as possible. I I had a friend who downloaded TikTok for the first time and looked up from TikTok and realized six hours had passed Mm -hmm. and said, oh, fuck no, uh uh-uh, and deleted it off their phone. It is specifically designed to be as addicting as possible while hoovering up all of your data. It's starting to come out. Those little bite-sized videos all add up quite fast. Well, they they hoover so much data off your phone. It it is not really indeed a social media platform as much as it is a hoover vacuum designed to be as addictive as possible. I won't go on TikTok. But among the many trends that TikTok has, and people do die from these trends. The the milk crate challenge, they have uh this this chokeout challenge. Mm-hmm. TikTok's currently getting sued by multiple parents because there's a blackout challenge where they are uh, kids are challenged to choke themselves unconscious while filming themselves and then post it. Mm. Uh, anyhow, not a fan Dunking of Dunking your balls in soy sauce. <laughs> Was that? I mean, that's, that's not very dangerous. It's fine. Uh, all you do is get a, kind of salty balls. <laughs> savory, savory, umami, salty. salty balls. Correct. I'm not going to go down my feelings on TikTok. People ask me all the time, do you have a TikTok? No, I don't. Fuck TikTok. I said it. You can quote me. Mm-hmm. Fuck TikTok. All right. So what does this have to do with vabbing? Right now, there is a huge TikTok craze claiming that if you use your own pussy juices as a perfume, it will attract people to you. Hmm. Okay. Uh, first off, that's not how it works. Um, they've done scientific studies, and the pheromones that people most respond to is male pheromones that women respond to. But women don't need to coat their wrists with pussy juice to get a guy into them. A woman just has to exist. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, I need to increase my chances of someone wanting to hook up with me. I'm going to do a little oil check and then swipey, swipe, swipe, and then mm, smell my perfume. Um, I'm not going to mention her name because she doesn't need any more publicity, but there's a certain uh, specific wingnut who has been arrested, who uh, has a very unhealthy obsession with dogs. And uh, while not mentioning her name, one of the things that got her arrested and put away for a while is that she was doing uh, uh, a challenge where an an internet thing where she filmed herself going into a fast food restaurant, masturbating, taking her juices after she'd masturbated, swiping it on her finger, and then walking around in the mall and offering her wrist to people where she'd freshly swiped her vaginal secretions mm-hmm. and asking if her perfume smelled nice. 
So the concept of vabbing has been around for a while. Okay. This individual uh, actually ended up, because she was filming herself doing that, um, she did serve some time for it. So um, don't do that. Mm. Consent is key. Not vapping, which is vaping while not fapping. Fa- not fapping. Vapping. And not, vapping. And, We're coining and a new term vaping. now, vapping. I know it's been done for a fact. Mm-hmm. Do you know who really does enjoy masturbating? Me? Well, you, yes. And I'm curious, though. I don't think that you fall into this mm. pattern. I was going to say sexual narcissists. I think that most people, unless they have some sort of religious oppression, uh, probably enjoy masturbating. They do. But according to a new study called Narcissism, Sexual Response, and Sexual and Relationship Satisfaction, it studied 1,297 men, age ranging between 18 to 85, and they completed a comprehensive background check for their demographics, medical conditions, sexual relationship histories, and sexual dysfunctions. They also gave them the Holbert Index of Sexual Narcissism. And I didn't know this existed until I started reading about this. I suggest that for our next Patreon-exclusive episode, we give each other the Holbert Index of Sexual Narcissism. It consists of 25 questions, which you respond, you strongly agree, agree, disagree, blah, 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 you know, the standard Okay. Thing. I've literally never heard of this. I'd never but... heard of this either. And uh, some sample questions on this index of sexual narcissism is, in sex, I like to be the one in charge. I believe I have a special style of making love. Emotional closeness can easily get in the way of sexual pleasure. Pleasing yourself in sex is more important. Things like this. So it kind of runs the okay. gamut of different okay. things in these 25 questions. So I propose... Mm-hmm. That, right. that we take it and we can see what our scores would be. It's scored on a zero to 100 scale. And the higher your score, the more sexually narcissistic you are. Hmm. Okay. I, I accept your proposal. And I also believe ahead of time, I'm not a sexual narcissist. We shall see. Okay. All right. Well, let's use science. Tune in next if- week if you are Ooh. a Patreon supporter and you can find out just how sexually narcissistic we are. <sighs> There's some foreshadowing I'm, I'm, there for you. I'm I'm really curious now. I, I figured you are. I figured it would, yeah. it would pique your interest a little bit. My interest is peaked along with my nipples. They're very hard right now. Oh, excellent. What this study found was people who score higher on the sexual narcissism scale put a greater importance and interest in sex, of course. I'm very interested in sex. Mm-hmm. However, they also have lower sexual satisfaction and lower overall relationship satisfaction, especially when it comes to partnered sex. They prefer to masturbate more over having partnered sex. So people that might be into vaping and masturbating might be more sexually narcissistic than some Hmm. other people. The other fascinating thing about this study is people that score higher on sexual narcissism don't necessarily have issues with erectile dysfunction but men who are higher on the scale report a greater difficulty reaching orgasm during partnered sex and a greater tendency towards premature ejaculation. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there where 
you either can't come or you come too fast. And partly, I don't know if it's because you can't relax into it. You're trying to control the act too much because you like being in control or you think there's like there's a certain thing that gets you off. You need to have certain toys or you know, you've met people that have like their one thing like I cannot come unless I have this yes. one thing. Right. right. Yeah. So they are strongly driven for pleasure, but they also drive sexual satisfaction from certain things. They don't really like partnered sex and they don't really like the feelings of intimacy and relationship interactions because that kind of detracts from the sexual experience. Hmm. Okay. I am looking forward to this test. I'm curious what the results are. Okay. I would have to say that I both enjoy masturbation and I enjoy partnered sex. Um, speaking of partnered sex, have you heard of the latest hit Netflix show? Uh, there's lots of hit Netflix shows. I just finished watching Stranger Things season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, caught a little of that. Uh, I am speaking of the Netflix show How to Build a Sex Room. I have not been privy to that. <laughs> I love it. I I love the enthusiasm, the the zeal, uh, the cheerfulness behind it. Uh, I will have to admit that I don't have the budget. I would love to be able to have someone build a sex room for me. It is hosted by Melanie Rose. She doesn't just host, but she builds. And uh, I appreciate a good home improvement project. I'm not quite sure where you get to the point where you're like, I can do home improvement, but do you know what my specialty is? Is Sex dungeons. Sex rooms. It doesn't have to be a dungeon. Okay. Uh, it says sex room. Some people, doesn't it doesn't, have to be all, it doesn't, have to be, doesn't have to be it. But Maybe it's th- pillowy is, and vibrant. And it's got Hello right. Kitty everywhere. It, it, indeed, there's such variety. Mm-hmm. I I love home improvement. You know, I'm super into that. Uh, I don't have the budget for as much home improvement as I would like. Mm-hmm. But having this specialty where it's like I do renovations, but in specific, I do sex rooms. How much of a skill set is this? There was an episode of a large polyamorous group who, among other things, were into golden showers and asked the host, Melanie Rose, if she could build their sex room that had a proper drainage for golden showers. It's very important when you have a pee fetish. You don't want to be relegated only to the shower. Oh, well, I, oh, you don't want to be peeing on carpet. Like mm. uh, Urine can get quite pungent. Uh, you Drainage is very important if golden showers is an important part of your sex life. What I love about this show is how inclusive it is. It's not just heteronormative couples. They have polyamorous groups. They have queer people. They have every range of sexuality, every range of sexual proclivities. Every range of sex room imaginable. That's right. It's not a sex dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's a sex room. So if you are into the sex, which we imagine you probably are because you're tuning into this podcast, and you have a little spare chip to fling around and you're like, I want some Pinterest inspiration for how to jazz up 
I've certainly been in places in houses that they have a dedicated sex room, mm-hmm. but they've never, you know, hired Melanie Rose. She is doing um, dual duty because she's not just hosting this show, but she's continuing to do renovations and build it. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> my my fantasy is to win the lottery and be able to contact this lady and be like, I have enough of a spare budget. I'll have you build me a sex room. Mm-hmm. I have a sex room and I built it myself, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't have any drainage for golden showers. I'm going to one-up you. My dream now is to sell off pieces of your flesh and make enough money <laughs> so I can build a whole sex house, not just a room. This is my sex house. Welcome. Okay. okay. I mean, right. maybe I mean, I'll, I'm that dream, maybe I'll just have a sex cottage or sex, <laughs> sex in-law unit. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how much your, your skin fetches. <laughs> Okay, good luck. I hope that I don't disappoint you and that people don't bid a lot on pieces of my skin. Mm-hmm. Market uh, is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, again, I will not be using it because I will be deceased. So whatever makes you happy with chunks of my flesh, I hope you get enough out of it that you can build your own sex house. Thank you. I'd invite you over, <laughs> but I don't know if that's possible considering the circumstances. <laughs> I would be shuffled off this mortal coil. Uh, Veering a a little bit, I mean, we're still talking about sex. Uh, Are you into the kinks? I like the kinks. I know they're a divisive band. Uh, Some people either like them or they don't. They have some good songs. They have different periods. But yeah, I enjoy some of the kinks music. How familiar are you with Dave Davies? Um, very little. Okay. So he is in the kinks and uh, he has come out and claimed that he got abducted by aliens who zapped his genitals and left them numb. Okay. Now- <laughs> No probing, just, just genital zapping. They- numbed his groin and pelvis and they blocked any sensation down there uh they wanted to transmit his sexual energy to a higher vibrational level now i'm not saying that dave davies was on a bunch of drugs Mm -hmm. we're taking this to 11 is what they're trying to do right i i guess they felt that he was getting distracted with just base sexual stimulation So the aliens swung by and were like, look, Dave. Welcome to our sex spaceship. We, <laughs> he, he claims that it happened in 1982 when he was on a tour of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to play a show uh, in Virginia and he began to feel very oddly disembodied. As if he was looking on himself from the outside mm-hmm. and he didn't understand why he was feeling so peculiar. He was like, I don't feel physically ill. I just felt different. Probably not the drugs. Not the drugs. I mean, I'm not, not going to be libelous here and say that he does a lot of drugs, but <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Rock I, bands in the 80s? I, I don't think they were I, doing drugs back then, were they? No. <laughs> no. Uh, he claims the sensation was like a boa constrictor that was wrapped around his forehead uh-huh. and it was pressing really hard. And then he began hearing voices. It's not the drugs. It's the aliens. Of course. That's where your mind automatically goes. Oh, this has got to be aliens. And he dubbed the these aliens the intelligence. Mm. 
And the intelligence basically took his genitals offline so that he could transmit his sexual energy in a a more uh, effective... It's the drugs. Mm. (laughs) It's the drugs. Or or according to Dave... I think think we're going to call in Occam's razor here, right? Where the most likely answer to a situation that doesn't beg more Mm. questions is probably the correct one. (laughs) <laughs> and so we could say, yes, it was some alien species that came to Earth specifically to, to jap- enslave to his sexual energy and take it to a higher vibrational level. Or ah. it was probably like all the Lebanese hash he had been smoking for days while on tour. Well, I, it's interesting you mentioned the hash. He said that he felt the intelligence, the aliens physically, and his nostrils were lined with different smells, oh, yeah. <laughs> including jasmine and magnolia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right. But like his his junk had gone numb, so he had to communicate with his lover at the time. Hey. I'm sure his nostrils were lined with something. <laughs> Maybe not jasmine and magnolia. <laughs> and there's a reason why everything was going numb. Perhaps, perhaps. Why are you so cynical? Surely it's it's the intelligence come down to focus on Dave Davies of the kinks Mm -hmm. while he was in the mid-tour to take his genitals numb, fill his nostrils with the smell of jasmine so that his sexual energy could be uh, focused in a new and more effective manner. I don't know what he was on, but it sounds very exciting. I want to try some of that. Well, no, actually, I wouldn't. I don't think that the smell of jasmine would be worth the fact that my genitals were numb. No, I'm just curious as to what, like, an alien sexual encounter would be. I'm sure their sex room would be better than anything we could create here on Earth. They were gaining control of his consciousness to show him hitherto unseen sides of life. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to wrap this up by telling you about a creature I learned about this week. Is it aliens? It's not aliens, but it's from Iceland. So it might as well be an alien. Correct. We've talked about some of these Icelandic creatures before in our Christmas specials. Like, you know, like butter stealer or or pot liquor, right? There's like the pot Mm. liquor and there's like doorway looker. (laughs) It's just... These people, they have a lot of time on their hands in the cold, dark of winter to create these things. I know you're off the milk. I know you love the milk, (gasps) but unfortunately you're off the milk for a variety of reasons. I love, I love the milk. It's not fair. It's not fair. However, if you ever wanted to get back on the milk, Hmm. you yourself could create this small creature, which will go out and steal milk for you. It's got a very specific Do I need to use my vaginal juices in order to create this creature to steal milk for me? Not necessarily. Possibly. Go on. You you build this creature in a quite specific way. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is called the Tilbury or the Snacker, depending on where you live in Iceland. There's various regions that call it different things. There is a formula for creating this creature. First, you must steal a rib from a recently deceased man on Whit Sunday, which is the 50th day after Easter. 
So it's the celebration 50 days after Easter. So it's very specific. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a woman because this is a witch that is doing this. Of course, it has to be a woman stealing a man's rib that is freshly deceased 50 days after Easter. You then need to steal wool plucked from between the shoulders of a widow's sheep and twine it around the rib. You keep this wool-shrouded rib between your breasts for the next three weeks. You go to church, and when you take communion, you instead of swallowing the wine, you save the wine in your mouth, and then you have to spit the communion wine onto this little bundle of rib and wool between your breasts for three consecutive weeks. And each week it becomes more and more alive until on the third week you then move this packet, which has now become a creature, to the inside of your thigh where it starts to suckle from a wart-like growth that is on your inner thigh like an extra nipple. Uh Uh-huh. You then send your creature, now fully (laughs) formed from spitting communion wine on it for three consecutive weeks, out into the world to steal milk from other people's cows and sheep. So it goes out, it suckles these cows and sheep for you if you're too lazy to go and milk the cows and the sheep of other people. But not too lazy to find a corpse, extract a rib, smuggle it in your bosom, hold hold communion wine in your mouth hole, spit it Mm. on some dead dude's rib. I don't know, that sounds like a... And it's wrapped in wool stolen from the sheep of a widow. Don't forget that part. Yeah, yeah. It's very specific instructions to build one of these creatures. So you send it out into the world, it suckles on it, and then it holds the milk. It then returns when it is belly full of milk. It comes to the witch's window and it says, full belly, mummy, or churn lid off, mummy. And then it vomits the stolen milk into her butter churn. And then from there, she could churn it, churn the stolen milk into butter. Or you could just go to the store and buy some milk. Well, this is before they had stores. Okay. And what is a witch to do when they don't want to go and steal milk from somebody else themselves? They have to go through this elaborate process to create a tilbury to go and steal the milk for her. Mm -hmm. But there's, of course, ways to ward this off. And if you put the sign of the cross on the udder area or on the, the cow's hind side, it'll ward off these little creatures. And then also, if you do the sign of a cross over the butter made from the milk stolen by one of these creatures, it will start to melt away into foam and curdle. So you can tell that this butter has been made from the stolen milk that this creature has brought to its master. It vomited. Like, I don't know that I would want the the vomit, butter, milk, churn, rib cage, communion wine. Like, I, I just, mm. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. All right, sure. What, what that says to me is people have a lot of spare time on their hands and also people were really hungry. Yeah. And they and- had quite an imagination. Mm. back then mm. in the cold dark winters or maybe they were eating some mushrooms i don't know and be like, nah. you know what i'm just gonna take this rib and wrap it in some wool and spit some wine on it for a couple weeks and see what happens maybe i'll get me some milk Woo-hoo! anyways there you go there's your there's your bedtime story for tonight oh, thank you. Or, or, or your morning 
story with your coffee. I don't know when you're listening to this. There you go. There you have it. Go forth on your day with the thoughts of ill-gotten pilfered milk on your mind. (laughs) Right. Okay. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, We will catch our Patreons next week where we will do the sexual narcissism quiz. Yes. Let's see Um, how sexually narcissistic we are. And otherwise, we will catch you the week after that for our general public. We love our general public, but uh, a lot of fun stuff happens on the Patreon, just saying. It's true. And if you want more of us in between, you can always find us on our other social medias that aren't TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, you know. Yeah. Fuck those, you, those, those ones were there. Right. We post some interesting stuff. I put that article up about that mother. Did you see the article about the mother that was charged for sexual deviancy for telling her daughter about birth control? Yes. After her daughter had already birthed three kids and their mom's like, hey, oh. you know, birth control. <laughs> that could be a thing. No, no, no. Yeah. Now you're a deviant. Yep. Because uh, heaven forbid women have any control over their wombs. We are just walking birth channels that's what we are yes under his eye well the 1960s were a different time (laughs) we're heading back there i'm afraid all right my friends over and out we will catch you later one big jaunty salute coming from rain your way stay safe stay sexy and we will talk at you soon bye-bye